the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome back. Look at this, two podcasts, two days in a row. Amazing. It is Worship Wednesday, and I'm so happy to have you joining me today. And uh, I just want to say that today's episode is actually going to be a very, very practical one, and this is going to help you guys a lot. And I've also got some solutions for you, um, which I don't often do on the podcast because I don't want to like date myself or time date myself as far as you know, technology moves so fast that, you know, if you start labeling things or, you know, talking about products, you know, a year down the road, the episodes are relevant, but, um, I'm just going to help you now because, you know, I figure, you know, you guys are obviously smart enough to, as time moves forward, find something comparable to what I'm talking about. But I want you to guy, I want you guys to have, um, you know, an immediate solution to, uh, to what I'm telling you to do today. And, uh, you know, it's going to really help you to help you move forward in your, um, in your, uh, ability to not just lead worship, but, um, to really analyze what you're doing and how to do it better. And as I said, you know, you know, on the podcast, I'm big on introspection. I'm big on, uh, rethinking, analyzing, you know, what you've been doing and uh, so that's that's part of what today's uh, podcast episode is all about, is that I want to give you guys a better way to do that for your worship. Um, and those of you that are not active <laughs> in worship some way, just listen in because, um, you know, you might hear something that helps you as well. But this is really going to be focused on uh, this this avenue of really improving the worship Um that you, that you produce wherever you are, your church, your ministry, whatever. And, um, as you saw, I'm going to give you today five important reasons why you should multi-track your recordings, five important reasons why you should multi-track your recordings. Okay. So let's break that down. If you don't know what I'm talking about right off the bat, um, let me just explain it. I know most of you will know what I mean. When I say multi-track your recordings, some may not. So just for the sake of education, if there's anyone listening that does not know what that means to multi-track your recordings, normally at, let's just say, let's just say a, a normal church service, when they record the service in a normal way, what you're getting, you know, most churches will record their audio of their service to like a CD and then people can buy the CD afterwards or listen to the church podcast. Um, what that is, is you're getting a stereo mix down uh, of the church service. So, for example, if you have your soundboard, you know, you may have a 48 channel soundboard, 96, whatever. All the channels that you have active and live recording on Sunday all get mixed down to stereo left and right output. So, um, you know, by the time the, the recording is done, all you have is whatever live mix was done in the service recorded uh, in stereo left and right. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, what that means is, let's say uh, the guy mixing on the soundboard, your church service did a horrible job one Sunday and you've got 
the band playing, but the guitar mix is way loud. It's like the guitar is like way louder than everything. Well, once that's done recording, there's no way to change that. The guitars, you know, if you have somebody gets the CD and listens to the worship, the guitar track is going to be way louder than everything else forever because that's what you get. It's a uh, a mix down into stereo of what you had live. Another example, if you had a singer who was overloading the preamp on the soundboard and their dis- their voice is distorting throughout the whole praise and worship service, you've got that that vocalist vocal distorting. Well, guess what? That's going to be on the recording forever. There's no way to change it um, because all you're getting is a mix down of the onto a stereo uh, mix for CD or for podcast or whatever. So when I say multi-track, now we have the ability and many of the soundboards that uh, churches are buying now, for example, the Behringer X32 would be a perfect example of that. Uh, These soundboards are also what we call audio interfaces and they have the ability to record each channel separately and so what that means is if you let's just say for example you have a piano like a keyboard bass guitar drums and two singers let's say so for example let's say you put um let's say you put five mics just for the sake of it you put five mics on your drums so that's five channels on your soundboard let's say you did one channel on your keyboard that's six one for bass that's seven one for guitar that's eight um and then two singers that's that's ten so let's say you have ten channels taken up on your soundboard from your musicians and singers all right um what you'll do with with a multi-track recorder is that you get to record all 10 of those channels separately so that at the end of the service or the worship set, you literally have each individual channel separated out into its own recording. So you could go back and play just the kick drum or just vocalist one or just the keyboard without any other sound on that channel. And it's not mixed down into stereo. It's just that one track. So that's what I mean by multi-track recordings is that by the end of the service, you don't have one stereo mix down. You have every channel that was live on your soundboard in a separate audio file, which is what you would get in a, in a recording studio. They would record every channel separately and have those channels uh, separated so that they could mix it afterwards not mix it beforehand so i want to give you five reasons why you should do that at your church and um, you can check with your um, sound technicians or with you know if if your pastor is the one that's doing all the research and purchasing for the sound equipment you can check with them or you can just go look at the model of your soundboard and google it and see if it's a multi-track recording uh, option for your board. Like for example, if you have the Behringer X32, which a lot of people are buying now because it's affordable and it's relatively quality. Um, you know, you know, for a fact that, that, that it will do that. It will, it will multi-track record all of your, all of your sessions. So five reasons why you should do that. And then at the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a few pieces of gear that you could get right now for cheap that would do this same thing. So for example, if your soundboard does not do that, 
does not multi-track record, I'm going to give you some pieces of equipment you could get for on a, on a good budget, like <clears throat> a, a very good budget that would do the exact same thing so that you could do what I'm t- teaching you today. So the five reasons <clears throat> why you should multi-track, sorry, I have something in my, something up in my throat, guys, um, <laughs> why you should do multi-track recordings. Number one is because it gives you the ability to post mix your recordings. So I know not every church is putting out their worship for the people of the church to buy or, you know, even to include on the CD from Sunday. However, if you do, um, this option allows you to post mix your recording, which trust me when I tell you will be a hundred million percent better than what you're getting from a live, unless you've got some pro sound man that's been working on tour for 30 years. Uh, this is going to give you the ability to make your worship sound so much better uh, on a CD or on the podcast if you do it this way. So it eliminates all those issues. Like I said, you know, if you have a, a service where your guitar was was much louder or any of those things, it doesn't matter because in post-production or afterwards when you're working with your um, your files, if that's the case, you can just go to the guitar channel and pull that volume down. And when I say you can post-mix your recording, you can literally do what your sound man is doing live later after the fact. And you can uh, adjust the levels of every instrument and vocalist the way that you would want to do it. Not to mention, you get to put effects that you would want to put uh, plugins, whatever on every individual track. So you could, you could drop these into, um, a piece of software like pro tools or logic or, uh, Ableton or FL studio one, even free versions of stuff that's out like audacity. And you could, you could treat it like it was a live recording and you could mix it down Add you know, if you don't have any effects on your board, you could add reverb to the vocalist delay, whatever you want to do. And you could really, you know, put compression on the kick and, you know, you can do all kinds of stuff to make it sound really, really good uh, and professional. So it gives you the ability, number one, to post mix your recordings. And so that's also going to eliminate bad, you know, the only thing it won't eliminate is if you recorded things extremely loud, you know, that's going to be in, in the recording. So what you do ahead of time in sound check is you just ensure that none of your levels of any of those tracks are peaking above, say, negative 20 decibels in the multi-track recorder. That ensures that you'll never overload the preamp, that you'll never peak, that you'll never distort. And it doesn't matter if it, if it comes in quiet uh, at negative 20 or whatever because you can always raise the volume later. But it just ensures you're not going to have distorted audio when you record it. So number one is it allows you to post mix your recording, which is a huge deal. Plus, it'll teach you something about mixing and uh, and get and get you better uh, acquainted with how things should be mixed and what they should sound like. And just here's a little tip for you: when you are mixing, um, take you know another piece of music that's very similar to yours that's been produced and put out on CD or, or MP3, and drop what they call a reference track into another channel. So for example, if you are doing like a very acoustic set or whatever, like, like for example, let's just say 
and this would be like a secular guy, if you did like somebody like Jack Johnson style music, where it's very acoustic guitar, you have, you know, a set like that, then you would drop a Jack Johnson song into the bottom of your mix. And then you would do your very best to try to match the mix that they have on that album, because your setup is very similar and, and what you have is very similar. So that's called mixing with a reference track. And a lot of pro guys, engineers in the studio do that to get their desired effect. So number one, it allows you to post-mix your recording, uh, eliminating all uh, mistakes in in live mixing. Number two, it also gives you analysis improvement. So what does that mean? Let's just say, I mean, I, I, I truly encourage you to do this not just for your live services, but also for your rehearsals and practices. And, and record what you're doing in your rehearsals and practices also. And here's why. It gives you the ability to do analysis and then improvement for your team. So what that means is I can sit down and, you know, when when all the musicians are playing, when all the singers are singing, you can't necessarily clearly hear every little thing a musician's doing or a singer is doing during that time. But if you're multi-tracking, what you can do after the fact is you can analyze what you guys did in rehearsal or a live service. And you could say, all right, we're going to focus in on the guitar part. And you could drop everything out except for maybe like the hi-hat or the overheads um, or just drop everything out and listen only to what the guitar player is doing which allows you to isolate the sound and then sit down with your guitar player and say, all right, let's see where, where, where were you having a hard time? Where did you miss it? What do you need to work on? And that then everything is just naked in front of your eyes. You can see, Oh man, I really destroy. I could not get that intro, man. I did not hit that bridge. I missed that. In fact, I notice every time we go to the bridge, I'm having a hard time transitioning from the course into the bridge So what it does is it allows your musicians and singers to individually hear what they are doing after the fact, and then it shows them what they need to work on and what areas they need to improve. Um, And and the other thing is if you're recording to a click track, it shows you how well uh, your musicians are playing to a percussion track or a click track or metronome and where they need to improve on their timing. Um, and the nice thing is, is you can send those things home with your musicians. You can even email or text them the mix that has just the click and their part or the drums click in their part and let them go home and work on the areas that they need to work on and hear what they did the last rehearsal or the last service. So it gives you the ability for analysis and improvement uh, when you're listening to each individual track separately, which is huge for improvement and getting better and also analyzing what's going on during a live service. You may say, man, there's a weird sound when we play this song or whatever. And you might find that when you listen to the multi-track recordings, oh man, there's a frequency, um, you know, on the, on the keyboard that's really over overloading, overdriving, and it needs to be EQ'd out that, that frequency is like killing our room. You know, that I've had that happen before a bunch of times. It's like, you know, in the certain room we were in, whatever the frequency of B flat below middle C was. Um, and you say, what, what, is, what in the world does that mean? Have you ever played through your keyboard and noticed that like it sounded like one note um, 
on the board sounded much louder than the others. It almost like reverberated much louder. And the most of the reason for that, uh, most of the time, excuse me, the reason for that is that frequency in your particular room is just overloading and your sound man needs to find that exact frequency and, and dial it back from that instrument, which will take care of that. So you can hear a lot of that stuff in the post mix. Um, when you're when you're going back, number three, the third reason you need to multi-track your recordings, uh, I kind of covered uh, with the second one is that it's really a great tool to send to individual musicians and singers. You know, if you use multitracks.com, one of the things they've recently added, which is so awesome, is uh, something called custom mix, and that is if you're buying. Uh, these multi-tracks of these, you know, songs that are charting in the Christian world and you're wanting to learn them for, for your church and you use multi-tracks, one of the things they'll allow you to do right from the website is create a custom mix for each of your individual instrumentalists, which means you can take the multi-tracks and pull the guitar part higher up above the rest or pull the keyboard part or the synth part or the soprano part high up above the rest of the mix so that when you send it to the guitar player or the synth player or the sopranos, they can clearly hear what they're supposed to be doing in the song uh, rather than having to really dig in and listen hard for their part. It just puts their part up above everyone else's so they can clearly hear what they're supposed to be doing um, in the song. And that's called custom mix in multitracks.com. But um, you can do the same thing from your church. Literally, if you're multi-tracking and you want to have everybody improve, you can do a custom mix of your rehearsal and say, listen, now that we got so far uh, during this rehearsal, but I'm going to send you guys the audio from this on MP3 and I'm going to raise each one of your parts above the rest so that you can work on it from home. Um, that's a phenomenal tool to have to be able to send that to each of your musicians and singers and say, hey, uh, listen to this MP3 and practice on your harmonies. Practice your uh, the part on your on your instrument when you get home, and that just makes it that much easier for them to do the work when their part is pulled above the rest of the mix. Number four, the fourth reason you should multi-track your recordings is for arrangement analysis. This is huge. Um, if you go to a lot of churches that are are you know really doing their best to put a worship team together. And, um, you know, they, everybody's not, you know, a studio player, you know, everybody's not a pro musician, but you're doing your best to make your worship sound the best that it possibly can. One of the things that really makes, um, worship and music in general sound good is a good arrangement of the music. And so it's very easy to step on other people's toes, um, when you're playing, uh, for example, you know, I'll give you a good example of this too, and maybe I'll include the link in the description of the podcast, but Don Moen, who's been a great songwriter and a musician for many years, he did a, a video on YouTube, uh, which was talking about playing your part as a musician and not overplaying, uh, your part when you're playing with the rest of the band which is very easy to do, especially if you've not been playing for a long time and you're excited about learning your instrument and all that. It's very easy to overplay. So you got guys that are going off and everyone starts going off on the same at the same time. And what ends up happening is you have a muddy band that's stepping all over each other. And um, 
you know, you go back and with the multitracks, you can, you can analyze the arrangements of what you've been doing. And for, to make it even more clear, uh, an arrangement is what each instrument is doing at different parts of the song. So you might want to even consider this because if you were to listen to an album of a song, you know that there's got to be um, dynamics building in that song. So, you know, if you listen to like when a song starts, let's say a worship song starts. Normally, what happens in a worship song is it may start with just the pad going and maybe one little phrase from a guitar or one little strum from a guitar and the pad. And then a vocalist comes in after the intro. Maybe they, maybe they'd have pad going, a guitar strumming, and bells playing a melody or something. And uh, and then the vocalist comes in with verse one, and it's on the octave below where he's actually going to sing the song. So it starts very low so that they can build, you know. And then and then after verse one is over, you might go to an interlude where it's the intro again, or it goes into chorus one. And so for chorus one, maybe another guitar comes in and, and the piano, and then they go. And then after that chorus finishes, then we go to verse two and the full band is in with drums, uh, and everybody, and then they build. So then like when the, when chorus two hits, then they bring the organ in and whatever else they're going to do. So you see at every stage in the song, the song builds to a higher level so that when the song ends, it's at its most climactic, but that's arrangement. Those are arrangement tricks. So the or, notice the organ is not playing for the entire song. The piano is not playing for the entire song. There are places where it's not playing at all. And that just adds to the dynamic of the song. So by post-mix or by multi-tracking your recordings, you can analyze the arrangement of what you guys have been doing. If you go back and listen and everybody's just playing the heck out of their instrument for the entire song, you can know, well, listen, we need to sit down and, and we need to really make some... Uh, arrangement adjustments and, and give specific instructions. You know, drums don't come in till chorus one, you know, organ don't come in until, and you might even have, um, a smaller band where it's just an acoustic guitar and, uh, and maybe some drums and maybe somebody on a keyboard. You don't have a bass player. You don't have an electric guitar player. This will also help you to listen to what you're doing with arrangement and make it sound more full. Because you know, both both things are true. Some people need to empty out their arrangement a little bit more. Some need to make it a little bit more full. Um, and by the way, if you are um, playing with a very small band and you need more sound, I do truly encourage you to uh, get into multi-tracks because they will add a lot to your set and makes your musicians better, um, but also... You can just use whatever you need. If you just need a bass and you just need percussion, you know, add those two multitracks in and, and add that much more sound to your worship set. It will help you. And uh, it, it really it really helps develop you as a musician as well as make a more full sound for your worship set. But it allows you to listen to arrangement. I encourage you even if you're studying arrangement to get, to get better at it with your worship team to go buy one multitrack you know, of a song that, that would be something like you would do at your church, just buy one multitrack and put it into, you know, one of these DAWs, digital audio workstations like Logic, Pro Tools, FL Studio One, Audacity, whatever, and listen to each instrument as the song progresses and watch how, you know, all these instruments are not playing the entire time. Watch how they build with arrangement a song 
And it will teach you a lot just learning what each part is doing, what each part is playing, and uh, hugely helpful. So number four, arrangement analysis. And then number five, the fifth reason why I really believe that you should multi-track your recordings is because it gives you live recording practice. And I'm a big believer in this. And, and if you've listened to the Worship Wednesday podcast for any period of time, you'll remember when I encouraged you. Um, and I think I did, I think it was entitled seven reasons that you should write your own worship songs. You know that I'm a big believer in churches having their own custom worship. Because as I said before, every church is different. Every pastor is different. Every vision is different which means you have the ability to really uh, supplement the vision and preaching uh, of the house with worship that comes from the heart of of that revelation. And by you creating your own worship songs by the Spirit, it's really something unique to your own church, to your own house, to your own vision. So as you're doing that, live recording practice through multi-tracking will help you when you get ready to start to release those songs to the congregation that they can have, uh, you know, on their phones, in their car, whatever. And as you continue to practice, uh, you know, uh, multi-tracking yourselves. And by the way, um, let me really, 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 really encourage you to learn how to play to a percussion track and a metronome live. You say, well, that just, that just holds me back. No, it makes you better. Please start playing to a percussion track or a click track or both. Um, I, I recommend both because what ends up happening is it makes your drummer better. Number one, he stays at one tempo throughout the entire song. But if you're going to start doing some of this live recording of your services, you know, you could mult, you could literally do some live recording of your services. Um, and then if you do any of your originals, you can mix them later. And if you even wanted to have them mastered, if you're going to sell them, you definitely need to have them mastered. But, um, you could, but here's what's cool. If you're playing to a click track and a metronome, uh, and you've got a smaller band, let's say three pieces, it's just drums, bass, guitar, or whatever. Um, one of the cool things is that if you multi-track with a percussion track in the background and you know the beats per minute, you can then go into a home studio. You know, if you've got a home studio or even a keyboard, you can go in and add more instruments later in into the mix, which is what they even do, you know, in many recordings now. So, you know, they do a live recording and go into the studio and add a bunch of stuff later. So you could you could literally do your Sunday service, track your four or five channels, and then with that percussion track and all those channels, go into your home studio and start adding other things, maybe a second guitar part, maybe a synth part or a pad or, you know, whatever organ, whatever you want to do, and make the recording that much more full, but you also have the crowd response, you've got the live feel, but you have the ability to then add more stuff. So it's live recording practice. And then what's cool is, is that if you do this long enough, let's say you finally put five original songs together, you don't have to do them all in the same service, but let's say you did them all in services over a two-month period, but you multi-track them. Now you've got the ability 
to put together an EP from what you've done with your original recordings. And even if you don't trust yourself to mix it and master it, you can take those, what, what we would call stems, they're just audio files of each individual musician playing, and you can send them to um, an engineer in a studio to mix for you and then master, and you'll have a professional product on your hands, or you can use it to, you know, you you know your own practice for mixing and, and, and stuff like that. But if you're going to sell it, it's such a great thing to be able to send that um that multi-track to an engineer in a studio who will mix it down professionally, add what needs to be added, and then, you know, master it for you. And then you'll have an actual EP that you can put on iTunes, Google Play, whatever. It's very easy and it's very possible to do. Um, And I encourage you to start doing it because the things God puts in your spirit need to be heard by those that he put it in your spirit for. So it's very, very easy to do. So five reasons to multi-track. Number one, so that you can post-mix your recordings so that everything will be even. There's no mistakes for people that are listening on the podcast or the CD of the service. For for, For analysis, number one, an improvement. And that's number two. And then number three, to send the individual musicians or singers practice material from the post-mix. Number four, to check out your arrangement and then analyze your arrangement of how you do your songs. And then finally, to practice live recording in those settings. Let me give you some gear before I pray for you at the end of this that would be really, really beneficial for you to have if your soundboard is not already doing this. Um, and so you, what we have now are digital multi-track recorders. You can go to any website like musiciansfriend.com guitarcenter.com, sweetwater.com, and look at these that I'm going to tell you, but um, really can go back between an 8-channel, a 16-channel, 24-channel, 32-channel um, multi-track recorders, digital multi-track recorders, and it really depends on how many channels you've got going on your platform. If you don't have a massive band, you know, if it's just like keyboard, drums, bass, guitar, four channels, and if even if you wanted to do a stereo mix of your keyboard, that's five channels, and two singers, that's uh, what seven channels. You could do an eight-channel SD recorder, like a, a multi-track recorder. Um, Z- the company Zoom makes one called the Zoom R8 eight-track SD recorder, uh, and it's a USB interface for your home studio. That only is that only runs you two hundred and ninety-nine dollars. Uh, for that eight track recorder. I mean, you know, less than 300 bucks, you can get an eight track. If you wanted to jump up to the 16 track, uh, Zoom makes the R16 multi track. And actually, for an extra $100, I would encourage you uh, to get the 16 channel version just in case you expand or you have more things that you want to add. But the uh, the 16 channel from Zoom is only $399. And if you wanted to jump all the way up to a 24-track uh, recorder, it's uh, only another $100, $499. So for less than 500 bucks, you can get, and there's other brands too, Tascam. I mean, there's, you know, Boss. There's, there's other brands you could go with. But I've used Zoom products in the past, and they're quality. They're, they're great quality, um, and they're durable. So you can go from 8, 16, or 24 tracks for $300, $400, or $500. Literally plug those individual 
um, channels into that recorder and you can go record each one and have it on an SD card to mix later and to plug right into your computer as an interface uh, and work with it that way. So I'm telling you, man, it is to get a piece of gear like that. If your if your soundboard doesn't already do it, I highly, highly recommend that you do so that you can get these multi-track mix downs. I mean, it makes all the difference in the world. I want to pray for you because one of the things I know that the reason people don't do this is because many times they they feel like they don't have what it takes. I mean, like, why, you know, I shouldn't even be multi. Many people don't even feel like they should be leading worship, let alone recording their worship. But God's put a gift in you, and it's for this generation, and you're called to develop that gift and to use it at the highest level. And part of that has to do with recording. So I want to encourage you that that's what we need to be doing is going after our gift with all of our hearts. And these five things that I gave you today um, will be massively beneficial to your uh, worship team, to your church, to your vision. So I want to encourage you to start doing it. But let me pray for you that God would give you a boldness and a confidence to step forward in your gift and accomplish these things and begin to use you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for everyone that's listening to this podcast today. I pray that as you said uh, in your word through the Apostle Paul, that boldness would be granted unto them. And that, Lord, you would give them a confidence to stand in their gift with no fear. You've not given us a spirit of fear, uh, but power, love, and a sound mind. I pray that they would have peace about stepping forward to do these things. And, Lord, continue to give them songs in their spirit. Because we know that people filled with the Spirit, according to Ephesians 5, will sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Give us spiritual songs as we continue to press in with our gifts and our talents in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for using us. Thank you for putting your anointing on us. Make us better. Let us develop at a high rate. And I thank you, Lord, that we'll produce a lot of fruit for the kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you and give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. If you have any questions, um, please send them to me. I appreciate hearing from you. I'm going to pop some of those links in the description of the podcast for the recorders, as well as for the Don Moen YouTube video about um, overplaying, which I think you'll really enjoy. And uh, if you have any more questions, let me know. I love you. Don't forget until next time, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. I love you. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com.